If you or someone you know is struggling or is in crisis, help is available. Call or text 988 or chat at 988lifeline.org. Help is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week in English and in Spanish. Hey guys, so tonight's episode is no longer on friendship. I apologize if that's what you came back for. Um, tonight's episode is actually um, on a much more sensitive topic. A topic that's more near and dear to my heart. And a topic that I believe needs to be talked about a little bit more. And frankly, there's a better way for us to use our 30 minutes. If you weren't aware, the month of September is National Suicide Prevention Month. So tonight's episode may be triggering for some. If this is where you leave the episode tonight, that's okay. My biggest goal when building out this show was to build a safe community for everybody. So I am always here to listen, to support, and to love. My DMs are always open. I love you. If you choose to stay for the episode, please know this is the most vulnerable episode I will probably be putting out. We're going to be talking about my struggles with mental health um, and my four attempts. Thanks for listening, guys. You're listening to The 2 at 22 Show, hosted by me, Paul Leilani, on iHeartRadio. It hurts too much to let you go And I'd trade the world to have just one more day with you And I'm too young and to lose my heart And I'm trying hard to be okay But I don't want to feel this anymore guys oh thanks for joining me tonight so yeah tonight's episode is late and the reason that it's late is because of me um because i had finished four episodes that were silly and goofy and fun i did a disney episode i did a kind of bitchy episode on friendship and then something happened this afternoon that Affected me in a way that I felt like kind of shook me up. And I think it was the first time in a couple months that I really seriously reconsidered suicide. And I remembered that this month is Suicide Prevention Month. And starting Sunday, it's National Suicide Prevention Week. And in many ways, I think that my past four attempts could have been prevented if maybe I talked about it in this kind of setting, if maybe I had heard someone talk about it in this kind of setting. And as the afternoon went on and I expressed my emotions, felt my emotions, validated myself. 
I realized this is what needed to be said. This is the episode that needed to come out. And whether that pisses my boss off that it's late, whether it pisses off my entire production team, my audio engineer, and everybody else, including my listeners who, hey, I'm pretty sure there's not that many of you guys, but hopefully you're going to still listen to this because if it even helps one person, it means something to me. So... Let's hope it does. In the first episode of the show, we talked about my grandma's passing in 2018. Um, But my loss doesn't really start there. Much of my childhood was quite rocky. And my safe haven, the people that I knew would take a bullet for me, my brother, and my mom, were my grandparents and my auntie. And I've lost all of them. So that's kind of where my mental health journey began. My auntie passed in 2011 from pancreatic cancer. My grandpa passed in 2013, 18 months later, from lung cancer. And my grandma passed in 2018, five years later, from heart failure. Back in 2011, when my auntie first passed, um, I think was the first time that I really just was, I think, in such a dark place that I felt so hopeless, that I felt so ready to give up. Here was, you know, my my queen, the person that cheered me on most of my life and loved me unconditionally. And I related to my auntie so much because um, I saw for so much of her life the life that I was around for and that she was around for. I saw her struggle with feeling like the black sheep of the family. And God, if that's not a mirrored image of me, we used to joke that I was really her son because she and I were like twins. She had so many things that she struggled with in her childhood and in her adult life that now I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh my God, we literally were parallel people. And we are parallel people. Her and my mom's relationship, I'm not going to get into because that's not my business to talk about, but I will say this. It's very mirrored to the relationship that I have with my brother. And that makes me sad. Because the one piece that I will share is that my auntie made an effort. And in many ways, I felt like that was not reciprocated. So back in 2011, I expressed 
that I was struggling. At the time, I had an amazing tutor and I guess you could say like life coach, Jason, um, who really like talked me through a lot of how I was feeling. It was at a weird time for me too because I was transitioning from someone prior who was also a very big part of my life, Martine, to Jason. It's like here I had to kind of like share my story all over again. And that was hard. That was weird. It was uncomfortable. It was like, wait, I'm going to share everything that's happened to me with this new person. Keep in mind, both were grad students at UCSB. And I thought like, oh yeah, okay. Chances are you're in Ivy, like getting drunk every weekend. And I'm over here telling you my sob story and getting help with like trying to get into college. But truly both of them played such an important role in my life that I will forever be thankful to both of you. And I think that if I didn't have them and Adrian, who was head of the program that I was in, I would be gone. After my auntie passed, um, I remember Adrian had got me into a grief group with hospice. I, yeah, I forgot what the different group was called, but it was a grief group. Um, it's where I met one of the best friends that I talk about um, towards the end of this episode. Um, and she and I may not be friends anymore, but I'm so thankful that I'm still part of that family in many ways um, that everybody's embraced me in many ways and keeps <laughs> you know connected with me and just so many good things came of that group so many good people and you know who you are Gabe Yazzie Clarina Ashley and we all were going through it we were all going through it and you know what that group got me through it that group got me through my grandpa's passing they got me through my auntie's passing and my grandpa's passing and that to me is just a magical thing because I got to process everything that was happening I got to feel loved and supported during the hardest time of someone's life. And I'll be forever thankful for that because you know what? It takes a true type of person in high school, in high school, keep in mind, to treat you with such love and compassion and empathy that they can meet you at your level and be like, hey, you know what? We are both going through this, but I'm going to be there for you. And I'm going to make life okay 
My God, you guys, I'm getting a little emotional up in here. Crying my eyes out and shit. Run out of Kleenex in a second. So let's skip ahead. Um, just a little bit, not too far. My grandpa passed um, a couple days after my city college graduation. Sorry. And um, two days before my high school graduation, that was our deal was he was going to make it to high school graduation. And he got so close. And now, um, after he passed, it was when I got really severely depressed. Um, it was my first year in college. It was the summer after. Um, it was the summer, I mean, was days before high school graduation so then we went to summer then I moved to LA and went to college and my first year in LA was hell we're just gonna leave it at that it was really bad um I did school but I was depressed very badly depressed and I called my grandma one day I told this story at her funeral I was standing in Santa Monica on Ocean Boulevard, which if you're familiar with that area, you know there's a big bridge. And she knew in my voice. And I said, I forget exactly what I said, but it scared her enough that she shook. I think I was on the phone with her on her, her cell phone and she grabbed her home phone and called 911 and Somehow, I mean, she was in Santa Barbara. I was in Santa Monica. Santa Monica PD pulled up next to me. And I'll never forget, the officer's first name was Robert. I don't remember what his last name was. But he sat next to me. And he talked to me like a normal human. He didn't pull a gun on me. He didn't pull a taser on me. He didn't keep his hand on his taser or his gun. He sat there and he met me where I was and he loved me. Not, not like that. Damn, I wish I was in love with a cop, but give me all my tickets, please. Um, he just was a, a genuine human that just loved another human and was like, hey, let me support you in this moment, in this hard moment that you're going through, that you are literally contemplating ending your life. Let me meet you there and let me support you and love you and make you feel better and i'm not going to take you to i'm not going to force you to be 5150 i'm not going to force you to do this i'm going to ask you what you need from me to help you feel okay and we sat there for probably an hour he turned out the lights didn't put me in the back of a car didn't handcuff me none of that shit he sat next to me and he met me where i was and he supported me couple months after that my grandma knew I was still depressed I was going through a lot I was working really long hours and I tried to overdose and again my grammy saved my life she also sent me to a very ghetto rehab let's just leave it at that boo 
And then I want to say the next time um, that I attempted was... right after my creamy day. Let me just tell you, that pain hurts. Something fierce. I think the biggest, the hardest part, and we'll talk about this in another episode, but the hardest part for me was having to tell Arya. And when that happened, um, I think specifically what kind of triggered it was when we were we were selling the house. I think we had found out that we were going to have to sell the house. And um, I remember Cheyenne had the kids. And I was like, uh, nope. I'm not leaving my house. I'm going to kill myself right here. And I have to say, Santa Barbara Sheriff's Department is a bunch of fucking pigs. I don't like it. I, I'm... I ain't got nothing against a cop. I ain't got nothing against a cop. But let me tell you, that sheriff's department is twisted as fuck. Okay? That's my own personal opinion. We're going to leave it at that. But the officer that showed up had just transferred to Santa Barbara weeks before. I think days before, actually. And he was the only mental health trained officer in our county. And we talked. I, we talked about some fucking weird shit in fucking New Mexico and shit. But it calmed me down so much that I didn't even recognize an hour had passed. And then a worker came and we talked. And I was fine. I wasn't 5150. I was fine. And this most recent time, I, you know, I thought I was going to be ready to talk about, but, um, It was at the end of June, and that was really recent, and I am not I'm not ready to talk about it yet. Recognize that your life is important. Recognize that you matter. Recognize that there is a reason to keep going, even on the days that it doesn't feel like it. For me, tonight is one of those nights, and it's really sad to say... And there's been so many days recently that it's felt so tough. And it's just felt so tough to be alive, to push through, to hear things, to be told things, to feel like I'm not enough. And every time that I hear that, every time that I hear that, and every time that I'm reminded that I'm not enough, I struggle and I feel like, why the hell am I here? Why am I doing this again? And then something happens. Something clicks and and my kids come up to me and they tell me, I love you, daddy, or it's okay, daddy, or I'm here for you, daddy. Or a friend reaches out out of the blue and is like, hey, are you okay? Or maybe it's, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it could literally be anything. It can be a friend saying, hey, you want to come come over for a swim date tonight? And, yeah. Sometimes people save your life, and sometimes people don't realize that they saved your life. 
And it sounds, it reminds me of that audio from Euphoria that's like, I think you just saved my life. But truly, like, there's been so many times recently for me that I've felt like, wow, my friends don't even recognize, but they just saved my life. And the thing with, the thing with friends, the thing with the people that love you, just like I said in the first episode, just like I feel like my mantra has been, they're going to love you. The people that are meant to be in your life are going to be in your life. Whether you believe in the big guy upstairs or, I don't know, you believe in a clownfish named Nemo. Like, someone's watching over you, okay? Maybe that's yourself. Maybe that's a bird. Maybe it's a guardian angel. Maybe it's God. I don't know. I'm not the one that's going to tell you what to believe, but I will tell you this. People that are going to choose to be in your life, people that love you, are going to love you unconditionally. The people that are important and that you need in your life are the people that are going to choose you every single day. The people that are wishy-washy, the people that are there when the times are good and not there when the times are bad are not the people for you. Because those people you can never rely on. Those people you can't trust. Those people, they're looking to use you. So maybe we did end up tying in friendship into this episode. But in a very different way. Because if I learned something in the last couple months, you could be best friends with someone. You could love them. You could do anything for them. And they could still walk away. And maybe I'm quoting Euphoria too much. I don't know why. Barely watched the show. But there's that scene where Rue is standing in her 1950s freaking kitchen and whatever the hell her name is Blondie what the hell is her name Rue's girlfriend's name is my gosh the one that sleeps with freaking McSteamy what is uh, now I have to google euphoria in the middle of a goddamn episode sorry everybody I'm just gonna say this really quickly I am editing the episode right now before I send it off to my producer and god damn I have ADHD I have bad ADHD I am so sorry everybody I am so sorry oh my god okay first of all if you didn't if you haven't watched Euphoria you need to go back you need to watch it Jules that's what I'm talking about okay so we're gonna take a deviation for a second okay we're taking a big deviation. I'm sorry. Euphoria is two seasons long. Came out in 2019. It's on HBO Max. I highly recommend. Highly, highly, highly. If you are going to... If you are going to like get a trial or do one subscription, it's HBO Max. Um, so it stars Zendaya, Sydney Sweeney, Hunter Schaefer, who plays Jules. Ew. 
Alexa Demi, who's, oh, literally, I wish I was that bitch. Jacob and Lori. Don't even get me started. I'm ovulating. Um, Maude Aplo, who... <laughs> Lexi's play! Um, yeah. And then the amazing Angus Cloud, um, who plays Fezco. So, um, starting back, Zendaya is the main character. Uh, she plays Rue. She's a high school drug addict. Um, and it follows her journey trying and trying and trying and trying and trying again to get her mom's attention and to cope with loss and be a high school student at the same time and fit in with this very odd, very sexy group of people. Um, going back to the scene that I'm talking about, I love how I just turned off my tears too. I'm sorry. I'm such a fucking Aries. Like, I'm sobbing one second, and then I'm like, okay, I'm back to bad bitch. No, I'm still sad about all of this, by the way. I just have apparently amazing coping mechanisms these days, um, which is so not true. Um, so, in this scene, Zendaya's mom has invited Jules over. And Jules is sitting at the table. Jules was in... Ooh, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Ooh, beep, 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 beep. Spoiler alert. Um... If you haven't seen the show, don't listen to this part. Skip ahead 30 seconds. Somebody ain't doing the math right. If you had seen the show, then you know that Rue's mom invites over Jules, and Jules is sitting at the table. They have been broken up for like, um, I don't know the timeline exactly. But she turns to Jules and she goes, You fucking left me when I fucking needed you. You fucking left me when I was at my fucking lo- You fucking left me at my fucking lowest and a real fucking friend, someone who fucking loves you wouldn't do some shit like that, Jules. Now, the part that, like, really hit me so hard is seriously so many times this has happened to me, and, yeah, I think it's just so fucking irritating because you have those friends that do it to you time and time and time and time and time again, and it's like... I opened up to you and I told you everything and I was so vulnerable with you. I shared my life with you and you're going to turn around and you're going to fucking leave. And you know, I have this issue and that issue and an abandonment issue. And, and really you're going to leave or you're going to use it against me. What the fuck is wrong with you? So I think I just really relate to that, but yeah, long story short, what I'm trying to say is friends will leave and the good people in your life, they won't. The people that are going to choose to love you are going to choose to love you. And those people, those are the people that are going to save your life. Those are the people that are going to be there in the darkest moments. Those are the people that you're going to say, hey, guess what? Today was a really hard day. Can you talk to me for a minute? And those people are going to say, absolutely. Or they're going to say, hey, I'm busy doing something right now. But if you give me 15 minutes, we can talk. They're going to be the person that's going to say, hey, honey, I'm in a phone call or I'm doing blah, blah, blah. Are you okay? Can this wait 30 minutes or do we need to talk right now? Because those people, the people that ask those questions, they know how fragile your life is. They know how important whatever it is that you need to talk to them is most likely about. So they're going to drop everything for you because they love you. The other people, they'll see the fucking call come in. They'll be like, hmm. 
Mm. Yeah, I'll call them back maybe next week. And that sucks. Because you might not be there next week. And I've had too many friends fucking pull that shit on me. And you know what? You know what I've realized during all of this? Those aren't friends. They'll never be friends. Those are people that used me. So guys, we talked about a lot. We talked about a lot of deep shit, to be honest. And I know that sometimes I'm really dramatic with my words. And maybe just a little too much. I, You know what? I just, I'm going to own that. Because that's who I am. I'm going to own my shit, right? I'm going to own the fact that we just talked about a very, very, very sensitive subject that is viewed as taboo you know my mom my mom's generation views this as taboo and maybe you talk to your parents about I'm so stressed out I'm so this and and I personally know at least with my mom she'll be like oh come on you're being a little dramatic like oh suck it up blah 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 and it took me really seriously breaking down one day for her to be like oh shit he's being real like, this is actually a real thing. Like, he's, like, gonna kill himself. And I think that's maybe when, like, the switch flipped in her mind. And she was like, oh, okay. I need to be more sensitive. I need to be more understanding. I need to be... I, I need to be there. So. First of all, Mama, I ain't trying to run you through the mud. So don't even go there. Don't even go there, Paulette. Okay? Calm yourself down. I'm not running you through the mud. If anything, I'm saying good things about you. At the end of the day, though, this is what I'm going to leave all y'all with. Okay? One, I love you. You just sat through 30 minutes of a project that I'm working my fucking ass off. It is 1234 on Saturday, September 3rd. And I am still not done with this goddamn episode that was supposed to be out 34 minutes ago. It was supposed to be out three hours ago. Did that happen? No. But you know what? I know there's at least one person that's going to listen to this. And this is what I got to say to you guys. I love every single one of you. You are love. There's a reason to keep going. You might not see it right now. That light might be a little hazy. <laughs> you might have really dark sunglasses on and be like, oh shit, I can't see no light. You might feel blind as shit. Okay. But someone, myself at a minimum, wants you on this planet. Don't leave. Stick around. The best is yet to come, baby. The best is yet to come. So you know what? Let's do life together. Let's struggle together. Let's talk about the hard shit. Bring the hard shit to me. I'm ready to talk. Shit, I'm running out of ideas already, guys. And this is my fucking second episode. Bring the hard shit. Let's talk about it. Let's cry about it. Let's let's grieve through the pain. Let's do the shit that is hard, that is taboo. Let's 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 break the stigma. Because I'm sick of these stupid stigmas. We've lost too many people in our generation to suicide to depression 
to severe anxiety to panic disorder. So yeah, it's a week. Yeah, it's a month. It's just another month in some people's minds. But let's make this month count. I love every single one of you guys. Thank you for listening tonight. <sighs> Hug someone. Remind someone why they're on this planet. Love someone. Show them that you will be there for them. Don't just say it. And be a goddamn good human. See you next week, boo. <laughs>